Welcome to Theatrically Speaking, almost a playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight. Theatrically Speaking is a part of the Actual Story Podcasting Network. Learn more about this show and others over at actualstorypodcasting.com. If you have a playwriting question, if you would like to suggest a topic, or if you have a play that you would like feedback on, visit actualstorypodcasting.com to send us a message. This week we are talking about publishing plays. Daniel Guyton and Aaron Leventman are both widely published through multiple companies and have stories to tell about playwriting publishing in particular. Links are in the show notes. Hi, I am Daniel Guyton. I am a playwright from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm also a screenwriter. I've been published a little over 50 times, um, and I've had uh, about 600 productions around the world uh, for my plays. And I'm here to talk with Jonah about publishing stage plays. Hi, my name is Aaron Levitman. I live in Santa Fe, New Mexico, originally from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a playwright, also published and produced, going back probably about 20 years or so. Um, I'm also an actor of uh, a stage, uh, film, TV, and commercials, and also an instructor for uh, playwriting, screenwriting, film history, and acting, and um, several other things uh, locally in Santa Fe and other uh, institutions as well around the country virtually. Um, I also have a, a virtual theater company called Almost Adults Productions that's been uh, producing LGBTQ-themed uh, short play programs for the last year, connecting audiences and talent from around the world. First of all, thank you both for, for coming on today and talking about publishing within the theater industry. Uh, this is um, an area that I think there's a lot of misconceptions about. I think there may be a lot of bleed over from fiction publishing into, into the way that playwrights should think about publishing their work. So I think I'd just like to start by asking you both uh, the stories around your first publication uh, maybe how you got on the radar of some of these publishers and really how much of an emphasis you were placing on becoming published when it happened. So, Daniel, start with you. Sure. Uh, I was a uh, young guy uh, just out of college when I had my first publication. It was actually an award that I won through the Kennedy Center American College Theater, Fe uh, Theater Festival. They uh, gave me the first prize for my uh, one-act play that I wrote uh, called Where's Julie? Uh, it's now a full length. I've expanded it since then, but it was a one act when I wrote it and the prize was publication. And so I was like really excited because I was just a kid. I was like 21. I was like first published ever, you know, so cool. Uh, and so they published it. And then maybe about two months after it was published, I went, this should be a full length. And then of course the publisher had no interest in allowing me to change it after that. And so there was a whole lot of um, headache after the fact. I kind of rushed into it because I was so excited. Uh, so I think that's probably going to be a, a topic to talk about here is, you know, uh, publishing a stage play versus uh, a novel or a short story or so on. There's not a whole lot of room for editing after the fact. So uh, that was something I learned through my very first publication. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah, I think for me, um, I sort of got into the uh, more serious into playwriting when I moved to Cape Cod um, about 20 years ago. I was uh, 
went to film school and studied uh, screenwriting at Columbia and was going that route. And then when I moved to Cape Cod, um, I joined this, the local theater company and they had this amazing uh, playwrights lab, which has been going on since like the days of Eugene O'Neill and so continues today. So I got involved in that and started learning about like, so I started writing short plays primarily and I started learning about the world of short play festivals, which has really evolved in the last 20 years. But at the time there wasn't as many, um, but there was sort of the same kind of festivals that you could uh, submit to. And then there were a couple of resources, uh, some of which I still use, like the, um, uh, the the New York Playwrights blog. And I think I saw a posting on that site for a new publishing company um, that was coming out in Boston, which, of course, because I'm from Boston, I was really excited. And it was a, a short play I wrote that was done at a, a, a Playwrights Festival in, in a Provincetown, where I was living at the time. And um, it was really well received and I submitted it and it got accepted. And I was, you know, young at the time, youngish and, um, and, and was, was really excited. Uh, and I think, you know, at the time, and I, I think this is one of the reasons to sort of stay published is that it sort of increases your like credentials as a playwright. You know, if you have like a publication, particularly if you want to teach, um, but also just for your resume, it looks good. Like you've had something published and that was my first. So it was, it was exciting. And, you know, I didn't sell a ton of copies. I sold a few, but um you know, I think, um, you know, to answer your question or to go, I guess we're going to go into that a little bit more about the the difference between novels and plays. And I think, um, you know, Daniel's point is a good one about, you know, you can't make edits after it's published. You know, plays evolve, you know, there one production might change things and you might be like, hey, this is a better play now. I want to rewrite it. Well, you can't republish it. It's like. <laughs> it's over uh, for that. So you have to accept that it was published at whatever form it was at that time and just accept that that's what it is. Um, and, uh, um, but, but I think also I, I did have, uh, I had a play that was in a festival in New York that was like, they published the, the, their top eight plays of the festival and, um, mine was one of them. And it was, a, it was something that the theater company sort of self-published and then put on Amazon and, I don't know if they sold that the playwrights actually had to buy their own copies. And I think that's the only people that actually bought the anthology, but, um, but again, it was a good thing for me to have is, was another publication to, to add to my, my resume. So. Right. I think, um, I mean, you just, you just uh, tapped on this idea that plays really can be a living document. And mm -hmm. that as long as uh, your script is, is sort of, being looked for and is being worked on, there are always going to be some tweaks and changes that a playwright might want to make. I remember Lee Blessing saying a long time ago that the reason he was able to write so many plays is because once they were published, he stopped working on them. Mm. I remember him saying like he lost productions because he refused to do new drafts of published plays. Mm. Do you have... Um, do you, what is your your personal uh, philosophies on this? On if you want to keep changing these plays, is publication is it representative of what the play becomes, like years after it's been published, or should we just assume that there are new versions somewhere? That's a great question. Uh, I first off, I want to point out uh, Sam Shepard did change Buried's Child after it was published, so. Uh, you know, and of course, it's now won the Pulitzer. So it's the sort of thing that when you do it, you have to announce it as the revised version. Uh, you're not doing the original version because I don't even think that one's for sale anymore. But he had published it one way and then changed it 
But of course, you know, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, so he has a little bit of leverage when it comes to uh, changing a script. Uh, for the rest of us, uh, we may want to change it. What I, what I do sometimes is uh, if I do want to evolve this show, if it's a theater company that I'm working with or that I'm familiar with or I, I know the director or the producer, I may mention to them, hey, I've, I've made some changes to the script. The published version is what it is. You have to pay the royalties and, and negotiate whatever rights through the publisher. But the script has gone through some changes since publishing if you want the new changes. Um, if I don't know the publisher, if I have no contact information for them, I just let the publisher handle it. They obviously like the script as is, you know, because they've decided to produce it from the publisher. Um, so it's sort of a, a conversation I have if I know or I'm able to contact the producer uh, to let them know that there's some changes available. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've made changes to plays of mine that have been published, too. There's one that I had to really seriously update because there were references that were just outdated you know, references to things like Blockbuster, <laughs> like things that don't exist anymore that we don't use because, you know, and, and I try to not do a lot of those in place for that reason so they don't age out so they can be evergreen. But, um, you know, occasionally you'll, you'll need to make references to something that's happening at that time that represents the world of those characters. Um, so, yeah, th those kind of changes, you know, I think it also depends what kind of changes you're making. If you're doing a total page one rewrite and it's a really totally different play, then that's one thing. If you're making minor changes, that's another thing. Um, but I think, uh, you know, you look at movies, you know, changes are made to films all the time. You know, you have the one version of a movie that comes out and then 10 years later or less, the director's cut comes out. And so, I, you know, I know that's a different, you know, animal film, but I think we acknowledge that, you know, any kind of creative form is something that there's never going to be one final version of. Um, there's, there's always going to be, you know, changes that are made as, as we evolve as, as writers and as the, the world that we've created in our plays evolve over time and change over time. Thinking back uh, when your plays were first being published and how the, the publication of them has sort of affected your careers moving forward what what sort of emphasis do you think young playwrights should place on the act of actually getting published? Is, is it in top five list? Is it even in the top 20? Like, where does it sort of fall based on your experience becoming published? At this point, I don't recommend publishing until you've been produced at least, I wouldn't even say once, I would say a couple of times, and that you're pretty satisfied consistently that the script is pretty solid. Uh, if you try to publish before it's been uh, produced at all, there could be all sorts of things that happen in live, you know, with a live performance, the actor could trip over words. There could be any number of issues that come up. Audiences could misunderstand the humor in the piece. Um, uh, a line that you think is, you know, serious, they could laugh at and you don't want them to laugh there. Uh, there's all sorts of things that come up in production that you may not be aware of on the page. And so I would really, uh, especially from my first experience, I would encourage not rushing to publish until you are certain that this is a, like at least 97% where you want it to be. Um, you know, that little 3% is not going to probably make or break a, uh, a future production deal that you might have. But if you are like 50% uncertain or, or even 75% or even uncertain about this script, I would say keep working on it get it where you can be proud to tell people, you know, uh, if a stranger saw this script, you can be proud that they would see it, even with whatever uh, might be in there, you know. 
that'd be my recommendation. Yeah, I think I think those are all really good points. Um, I, 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 for me, I think publication is not as as much of a priority as actually getting uh, productions because generally more people will see it that way. You know, publications for the most part, even major public, you know, public, you know, publishers like Samuel French and uh, Smith and Cross. I, I just don't know what size of an audience of people are actually reading it versus. If you get it into a major festival or you get a production at this really cool theater company, more people are going to see it that way. So I would really focus more on, on getting the work out there. And it, usually the publication comes as a result of the production rather than the other way around. Um, you know, we were talking about publications, you know, from, you know, festivals that, that published, you know, their, their top you know, plays in that festival. So it's like frequently an outcome of the production rather than the other way around of the publication coming before the production. Um, but, you know, um, the, the, the other thing is that uh, you have publications and then you have, you know, when, when a play is produced frequently, they'll change not so much the, the lines because technically you're not allowed to, but certainly a lot of the, some of the actions that you've written are going to be changed anyway. Um, so, you know, just to keep that in mind as writers that someone might, you know, when you read a published script, you know, exit stage right, you know, enter stage left, those things are all going to be changed, you know, <laughs> and uh, for, for, a, for a production. So um, the, the publication of it is really just one, um, you know, record of it. it. It's really plays are meant to be produced um, and, and they're produced often more than they're read. So that's why I think the emphasis on, on production is, is, uh, is more than getting it published that's a great point have you found that uh i i assume that when you when you go to write a play you add your stage directions you add in all these things because you're mm -hmm. telling the director and the cast and the everyone working on it this is how i see it uh how have those changes felt to you when you've seen the editors or the publishers say well i know that the playwright intended this but I think that we should really rewrite it, the stage directions in this way. Like, how have you received those notes? Every publication I've ever had, they they send me the draft before it actually goes to print. So I have a chance to, you know, review it and say yay or nay. Uh, some cases I agree with the changes they've offered. And in some cases I say, I, I just don't think this is helpful. Uh, so I, I will put my foot down if I think it's a really, you know, uh, but, you know, if the, publisher is really insistent and I'm insistent, you know, I, 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 I tend to be a pushover. So I, I sometimes will give in unless it's really urgent, then I will fight for it. Uh, but you know, if it's, and the tr truth is, if it's not really something that I find is urgent, I probably don't put it in the script to begin with. <clears throat> so if the director, uh, the, the publisher wants to add exit stage, right. And I don't see that as important. <clears throat> I will either fight to remove it or I'll say, you know what, if it's there, it's there. I don't really care whether it's there or not. Uh, but if it's something that I care about, a stage direction, like um, I'll, I'll give an example of a producer uh, was was or director was doing one of my plays, and the director met with me after and said, you know, it's it's really weird that that character just doesn't show up anymore. And I was just kind of wondering why. I said, well, it's in the stage directions. They they get stabbed in the end of the the scene, and he's like, oh my god, I missed that. I just ignored the stage directions. And so he completely ignored the fact that this character gets killed. I'm like, that's kind of like a big deal. I, 
it was a very strange uh, production, um, but he just missed a, a very crucial stage direction and it confused him about the ending. And so I, I know that there are directors out there who will just ignore all stage directions, assuming it's not important, but that, that, that is really kind of that, that breaks your heart in a whole nother way. Cause I, I do put a lot of time and energy into my stage directions. Um, but to answer your question about the publisher, all the ones that I've worked with, they have sent me a draft and they'll even maybe include notes. These are some of the things we suggest. And then I can either say yay or nay to them. Yeah. In, in my experience, the I've had sort of final say there hasn't been um, a lot of uh, directives that I've received from the editors about things they wanted to change. A lot of times they were like, you know, minor things or, you know, typos or, or you know, grammatical things that I needed to, to look at. Um, but you know, I, uh, I, it's, it's interesting to talk about this now because, uh, you know, I spent the last year doing these, you know, zoom plays and, um, you know, producing them and acting and directing them. And, and what I've noticed is I've been amazed how much the actors we can indicate without any of the stage directions more than I thought there were a lot of playwrights that were adapting their plays to zoom it's like, this is the Zoom version. And I find you, you actually didn't really need to do a lot of that. It, it was amazing how much could be done with the, you know, with very simple actions, even when there was like a lot of description that was written out, it could be indicated very simply. So it was a really good lesson in writing by doing things at this, at, at this virtual level. Um, and that's sort of another interesting topic is, you know, is writing changing with, with virtual theater that's going to change as the pandemic lifts and all that. But um I've, I've seen, you know, over the last year, people really kind of try to alter their writings to doing, you know, virtual theater. Um, but I think ultimately it's not really that, that different, um, uh, you know, from, from, from the writer's standpoint. Uh, well, I think we're, we're close to our time here. Uh, but I did want to leave both of you with a, with a last question. And that is about the value in self-publishing your own plays, uh, because they do sort of, uh, if a publisher is doing their job, hopefully the publication learns leans uh, leads to productions. And so it would seem that if you're going to self-publish your play, then maybe there's a whole different purpose to that because maybe you're not also your publisher, but maybe you are, I guess. Do either of you have firm opinions on the value of self-publishing your own work? As uh, I do. I've, I've self-published a few. Um, here's, here's why. Uh, I've read a lot of monologues as well. And a lot of my plays have monologues within them. And I get a lot of college students and a lot of um, actors, young actors wanting to use my monologues. But they tell me all the time, my, my teacher won't let me use it unless it's published. So I want to use your monologue, but I can't do it unless it's from a published play. And so I usually go out and I make a self-published thing. And then I, you know, this way I can get, uh, they can do these for their classes and stuff like that. I don't make any money off of it. It's just kind of like, but my name is you know, they use my name when they say this is a scene from this play by Daniel Guyton. Uh, and so there's a bit of a, you know, marketing there, I guess. Um, but really the, the goal of, of publishing a play is for wider outreach. Uh, you know, if, if Samuel French or Pioneer or, or Hoyer uh, publishes your play, all of their customers get to see your play on their website and their catalogs and so on. So there's this outreach that happens when your play is published. Uh, if it's an unknown publisher or if you're publishing yourself, that doesn't really help with any outreach as far as reaching out to uh, producers or things like that. So um, there is there is plus and minuses. It's a lot of work to self-publish. Uh, but if it is something where 
you you know you have people that that need it published for some reasons uh, then there it's actually fairly easy to self-publish these days so not the end of the world yeah that that was interesting to hear um that the you know that particular situation required a publication um and it, and it is a good reason to publish self-publish something i've never had an interest in doing it i sort of feel like if it you know, I think for me, and I, I talk, I talked about this to my students when I, I was teaching a class on short form playwriting. And, you know, there's the marketing side of writing, and then there's the writing side of writing. And as a writer, if you're self-published, you have to become your own PR person. And that's a lot of work. And then it takes time from your writing. So you have to be willing to do a lot of that outreach to get your play out there if you're self-publishing. And as Daniel was saying, a publisher will do a lot of that work for you. Even, even then, a lot of publishers may or may not have the resources to do as much as you'd like, and then you still have to do some of your own, but you have more, more opportunity than just doing it from scratch yourself. Um, but, I, I, you know, the other thing is that there's the, there are these, you know, uh, sites like New Play Exchange where you can, you know, create a profile, um, post your plays on the site. Uh, and get your plays visible that way. And, and, and a lot of people have had a lot of success with New Play Exchange. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that's replacing publications, but it's another really good and kind of easy way to get your work out there without having to self-publish it. Um, you just post it and you make contacts with other writers, you review their plays, they review your plays in exchange, and then that gets your work out there without having to go through the hassle of publishing something. And I know that, I know, you know, playwrights that have had uh, productions of their plays through the new play exchange. So it's, it's another option. Well, thank you again. Thank both of you for, for coming thank on you. and talking today. Uh, if, if people are looking for you, where can they find you online? I am on www.dangeiton.com. And similarly, I am on, I am at Aaron Leventman, A-A-R-O-N-L-E-V-E-N-T-M-A-N.com. I'm also the only Aaron Leventman on Facebook, so very easy to find that way. Fantastic. Thank you both very much. Thank you. It's a Thank pleasure. You so this is great. Our theme song is Candy, licensed from the band Ketza, ketzamusic.com. Additional information can be found in our show notes and over at actualstorypodcasting.com. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.